0: Empire
1: Call the fake news the enemy of the people, and they are It's a serious question
2: I appreciate your passion, I share it I've addressed this question, I've addressed my personal feelings
1: And I want you all to know that we are fighting the fake news You're listening to Just Ask the Question, adventures in reporting with your host, Brian Karam. Hi, and welcome back to Just Ask the Question. I am your host, Brian Karam, and today it's a joy to have with me Kathy Griffin. If you don't know her... How can you not know her? She's
2: very... I'm a legend, for God's sake. <laughs> Polarizing, maybe, but you've heard of me, and if you don't like me, then, ladies and gentlemen, hello, it's me, Reba McIntyre. <laughs> nice to meet you. Everyone loves her.
1: So she she uh, courted a little controversy, a little bit, with uh, with a uh, famous uh, parody of Donald Trump. And when we come back, we'll just ask her the question about that. Join us. Hi, and we're back. You know, we were discussing in a break. Ha ha ha. ha, ha. Yes,
2: <laughs> anything. <laughs>
1: no. But uh, so, Kathy, the, the title of the show is Just Ask a Question, so I'll just ask you the question. Okay. You got a lot of grief over a parody.
2: Grief? I was the subject of a federal investigation by two federal agencies. That's great. Interrogated under oath, uh, put on the no fly list. Um, and,
1: and remind people why.
2: Okay, so I uh, famously took a photo. And it was a, uh, a, a Donald Trump Halloween mask with ketchup on it, and um, I was kind of holding holding the mask by the hair. And by the way, the sort of funny part is it kept folding because it's a it's a Halloween mask. So I had to go upstairs and get one of my styrofoam wig heads to put it to look so you can actually <laughs> see what it was. It looked like a like a bloody you know condom or something, and so which I'm sure he's seen plenty of. By the way, uh, plenty uh, of <laughs> allegedly, and so. Um, so it took a picture rumor and it. rumor has it and took Many a picture people are saying, some people say some people say um and um took a picture of uh, of donald trump after he said um famously to megan kelly who i wouldn't i don't care about because she wouldn't piss on me if i were on fire but i didn't like it that he said after one of the debates there was blood coming out of her eyes blood coming out of her wherever and so i honestly thought all right let me take a picture of him where there's blood coming out of his wherever and see if he likes it and you know i've known this fool off and on for 25 years um I would run into him constantly at NBC Uni events when, when I was at NBC and then Bravo and he was doing The Apprentice. And, you know, uh, I would run into him in New York at anything. The guy shows up at the opening of an envelope. And so, you know, I had sort For of. Referred trailer
1: opens, he's there. Yes, yeah. I, had,
2: I had many uh, sort of, I call it run ins with him, you know, and, and the older, um, I don't even want to use the word children. I'm going to go with uh, possible convicted, soon to be convicted felons. Um, and I call his grown children Eddie Munster, <clears throat> Date Rape, and Feckless. And I say that <laughs> Wait, under the which one's which? Well, Eddie Munster is um, is Don Junior, who seems to be missing a forehead. So yeah, he's like a yes. cro- go work in the crow mag with uh, Kimberly uh, Guilfoyle, who's really morphed into a completely different person than she was ten years ago. I just Plastic want to point surgery that does out. wonders. I mean, it's she's really done like a John Woo face off change. I mean, she's really changed. <laughs> And um, and then Eric I call date rape. And it's only <laughs> a loving <laughs> suggestion that all um, all sexual interactions with him should be uh, investigated, because I can't believe they'd be consensual. And that's just my opinion, that's my opinion.
1: You're entitled to it, Thank First Amendment gives you that. That's right, which so I love so well.
2: And that leaves feckless, and that of Ivanka. course is Ivanka, and that is based on the Samantha B joke that very much upset the president, where Samantha um, responding to the immigration crisis uh, said on her satirical political show, Late Night Cable, hey, you feckless C-word, sit on Daddy's lap, push your boobs up, and fix it. And she said something like, you know, mom to mom. And so uh, <laughs> I, because the, the right wing got so very upset by that and tried to get Samantha B fired as they've tried to get me, quote, canceled, as they say, and, you know, I'm blacklisted to this moment. And wow. I'm quite honest about saying I don't have a single day of paid work ahead of me for the rest of my life. And uh, I went through an experience that's historic, whether you like me or the photo or not. And I don't want it to happen to other people.
1: Well, that's, and and you got what what I found funny about it, and I or strange about it, not necessarily funny, but as someone who has spent his life, uh, you know, trying to guard the First Amendment, it yeah. was obvious that what you were doing was First Amendment protected.
2: I also ran it by my attorneys.
1: And. And, and here's the, the I, I heard even like you were mentioning Colbert, you went on Colbert yes. and Colbert said you went too far.
2: Yeah, that was, that was really shocking to me that he said that because, and I said to him, um, Stephen, come on, the first amendment is our commodity. Like you, you know right. that, you know, the parameters and I didn't violate it or go outside at one bit. And, um, you know, I think, uh, someone told me he just couldn't get over the picture And I was so sad to hear that because I'm such a fan of Stephen Colbert. I was never invited on The Colbert Report or The Daily Show, so I'm banned at Comedy Central, apparently. Um, But I still am a fan of those shows, and I think they're important. And I think uh, it was... Comedy's our last... Yeah. That's right. And so Refuge. if you have a problem with my photo, you can, that's fine. You can be offended or triggered or bothered or anything, but that also means you're offended at a rerun of the Johnny Carson show, Saturday night live, um, a Lenny Bruce record and any kind Donald of Donald Trump, Donald Trump. That's right. And so, um, part of my, part of my mission is to help people understand and delineate what, as you know, the far right is doing right now, which is they're trying to conflate the difference between what I did and, which was completely covered, and yelling fire in a theater, which is not.
1: And, and while I think, I want to be, people criticize me because I, you know, both sides is but there are people on the left who are just as, I mean, there's some uh, anti Trump people who just don't want to hear from that side of the aisle. And mm-hmm. they have their right to speak too. Yeah. What you don't have a right to do is to hate or to act, you have a right to hate, you don't have a right to act on that hate. Correct. Correct. So that's that to me is, Trying to explain that to people, it's for example. You but know, also,
2: also, I I just feel personally. Number one, I've been doing outrageous things my entire career. I mean, like I said, it's everybody knows. Suddenly, like
1: Susan didn't seem to
2: <laughs> I it's funny. I got my first um, stand-up special when I was on Suddenly Susan, and I said to the head of HBO, who was a middle-aged white guy, of course, and I said, <laughs> I said, why did I get a special? And he goes, because you're a girl and you're on a network show and we need a girl this year. Wow, and I've been fighting that forever. Like, and so I, my new joke is that as I'm going to be 59 uh, November 4th, and I, my my joke is Happy birthday! Thank you. My joke is as a 59 year old woman in comedy, I'm the new diversity hire. So if you hire me, it's very edgy, very edgy. Not many of us around, you know. So I just want to kind of fight to stay in the game and let people know there is a real history, certainly in comedy, of comedians taking a stand or doing something exactly. funny or shocking. And shining a light on things. And I hate
1: when they say, it. and, and I'm sorry, I did. but, but it, you touch on something that really pisses me off is when people say, you can't say it, you can't do it. The biggest thing I've ever heard when I've done stand-up that affects me is mm-hmm. it wasn't funny. Right. That's the only thing I care about. Yeah. That's right. When people go, what's funny? I'm go. Whatever made you fucking laugh is of funny. Of course,
2: of course. <laughs> and you're always trying stuff. And obviously, you've got to be
1: partly. able to try. It. You,
2: and you have to bomb to do well. That's a metaphor. And that's <laughs> not a threat by any way. I did not threaten anyone. She in no There's way no meant, no meant to threaten you. Yeah. Um. But you know, uh, that's another thing. Is um, you know, when I but isn't that, that the
1: ultimate?
2: Yes. For a comedian, of course. It's uh, it's all about um, trying new stuff and ser- there's different types of comedy for everybody, which I think is great. I have no issue with comics that don't curse or prop comics or whatever. There's right. something for everybody. I have an issue with some. comics.
1: I'm a little worried. A about
2: little nerve wracking, but yeah. you know, I'm probably defensible in some way. And so, as, long as it's a
1: squirrel and not a dog. The, oh my god! I where mean, am I going? Where am I
2: going? That actually is covered it's just weird no but um you know it's what happened to me it honestly has nothing to even do with this conversation this conversation is frankly too lofty for this crowd so that's really like that that's what they do is what happened to me was you know i was sort of the shiny object of the moment as as was your case and who you know whatever was happening to trump that wasn't making him look that day it was it was a perfect time and opportunity for him to uh pick my photo and then engage jeff sessions in the department of justice and uh, manipulate the photo. And in my opinion, I'm sure Brad Pascal and that whole crowd was able to shoot it out via TMZ and AMI. And I've been you know, learning and reading all this stuff about um, their participation in this, which of course I've never experienced. You know, I've, I've been doing stand-up for 40 years. I've made fun of every president, all kinds of heads of states and celebrities and myself and anybody else. And um, I knew that there was nothing uh, in violation of the First Amendment regarding that photo. But I also felt really strongly, and probably more so as a woman, this guy really needs to be humiliated. He doesn't really respond to anything else. And I know that about him from knowing him. And I think, honestly, that's why I think it's fantastic when he keeps showing up at these events and getting booed. Because, believe it or not... I think that affects him more than anything because he's in his bubble where they all tell him, you know, he's the dear one, etc. And then he shows up at the garden and gets booed at a UFC fight after just going to game five and getting booed. And I thought it was interesting. Someone one of my I follow mostly journalists and attorneys on Twitter, frankly. And um,
1: not, you have my condolences. I, I follow you <laughs> rigorously. And, I follow you rigorously. Well, thank you. Oh, it's <laughs> a human centipede. No, it's not. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, but you know, I thought um, that's you know, if you think about the uh, him getting booed at these large events. And how much they're freaking out about it. And Stephanie Grisham and Kellyanne Conway trying to Who? say, you're best, your besties. Your yeah. Besties. <laughs> and by the way, don't get me started as a woman that I'm supposed to think they're feminists. I'm sorry. I can't, go for it. I can't do it. I'm sorry. I can't act like Kellyanne Conway's a great feminist. And I know she's the first female campaign chair to be in a winning presidential campaign. But she didn't win. She didn't use the GRU. And I'm going to go with that because there were indictments and convictions. Well... So,
1: I've known a lot of feminists. My mom was one of them. My grandmother was one of them. was one, one of the first women to ever plead a case before the U.S. Supreme Court. Oh, wow. <clears throat> Kellyanne Conway is not a feminist. She's a liar.
2: Yes. She lies, and they Constantly. lie with impunity. And I think that a big They part, lie about lies. What you and I have in common is journos and comedians, we uh, almost have to shine a light on lies. And so I try to do it through humor and sometimes through shock, obviously. But um you it's know, not
1: any different from what I do.
2: Yes. But if, you know, sometimes you have to do something. Some get
1: paid better than others. That's <laughs> what it boils down to.
2: And honestly, I really do try to modulate it. Like seriously, I
1: I have no filter, I'm
2: sorry. Oh, I I lost mine in grade school. But yeah. but the point is, you know, if you can't there was make there fun a of,
1: specific incident?
2: <laughs> several. Um, but you know, honestly, <laughs> you if you can't about make, about make fun of the president <laughs> right. then for goodness sake, who can you make fun of? And right. so we were talking um, a little bit off mic about punching up and punching down. And I actually pride myself as a comic as vicious and, and nasty as, as I can be or polarizing or whatever you want to say. Honestly, I don't punch down. I don't make right. fun of people that would actually be hurt by something in my act. Um, I Nobody has ever – no one has ever left one of my shows in tears. Um, I've been making fun of anyone from
0: Unless rights. they were laughing.
2: Well, you know, I've been making fun of Ryan Seacrest or Oprah for for decades. They seem to be fine. They seem to have survived. They're doing okay. I've obviously made fun of every every president, and they, you know, survived. In fact, guess what? None of them ever noticed. And then um, this time, I just kind of thought extreme times demand extreme uh, measures. And so... I thought, yeah, I can do a bunch of Trump jokes, which I certainly have done and now I've become a big part of my act because I do have a I just watch the government and tell
1: what they say and it comes across as yeah. humor. It's, it, it,
2: yeah, it's, you don't know what the onion is anymore. I don't, and that's exactly. why I thought it's got to be sort of an extreme kind of a statement. But what I didn't, what I wasn't aware of is that they could take a photo like that and via TMZ and what I call the Trump Wood Chipper, which is the apparatus that, you know... Yes, so we saw Fargo. That's right. That's right. That was me with my little legs coming out. <laughs> going, wait a minute, wait a minute. I got a few <laughs> jokes left to tell. Um, and so they manipulated the photo. It went worldwide within 12 uh, hours. It was in Arabic papers saying Kathy Griffin is a jihad asset. Um, it was in papers in China and Russia wait a and minute, all over you're the You're a
1: jihad asset?
2: Yeah, and when that's in Arabic newspapers all over the Middle East, you know... It, Stuff, as, they, as the kids say, shit gets real, real fast. That's
1: and true. And so,
2: you know, there's no doubt in my mind that it was the whole um, David Pecker, Dylan Howard, Harvey Levin, Don Jr., John Miller, Donald Trump himself. Stephen Miller. Yeah, Stephen Miller. Any guy with the
1: last name of Pecker, you got to have suspicions I mean, Honey, When I'm Kathy
2: Griffin and I'm a D-lister and I don't call radar online because I'm not that pathetic and the president does, we have yeah. a problem. Yeah. You know, I mean, I'm on the D list, and this, guy yeah, is calling, the and this guy's calling me. the Inquirer like he's trying to get an under five on, you know, a new pilot or something. So <laughs> it's just so crazy that he runs the country the way he, he ran The Apprentice. <laughs> a show, by the way, that celebrated. If you can kick off the best people, the worst person wins. And that's really was the that's, premise of that show.
1: That's how we ended up with...
2: Meatloaf. <laughs> and Gary Busey being in the finals. You know. I mean, I love... I'm saying and he's a great ambassador I was going to
1: say Trump but okay (laughs) (laughs) I'm, I'm with you let's take that down that road we're
2: Hey, I was actually in two episodes of The Affrontist. Were you? Yeah, I participated in two challenges. One um, with my beloved Joan Rivers. And so I went and had to spend the day with Trump and Feckless was there. And that was a nightmare because, you know, talking to Trump is like, he's so, when when I say he's stupid and I say he's Britney Spears stupid, I don't mean to insult Britney Spears because honestly she should be Secretary of State and she's got her issues. And she's being the best Britney she can. Yeah. I'm just saying, Donald Trump is aggressively stupid. Like he takes pride in being connivingly ignorant.
1: stupid. Is Doesn't know.
2: Yes. And by the way, I don't know if this is. I don't know if you could ever get this question answered. Do you think any reporter could just ask him to name state capitals? Oh, can we start with the like Are you smarter than a fifth grader? Question. I
1: have asked. Do you think he
2: knows where Crimea is or what it is? I have asked. Can he spell similar. Crimea?
1: <laughs> I have asked. No, he can't spell Crimea. Okay. Okay. I didn't commit a crime. That's where we're going with that. Like, right, what's What's right. you got to do with a crime? Uh, I, I gave the best answer. I didn't do it. You know, that's that's. I'm not a crook. He, variation of that is what he's capable of. But yeah, I have. It's not James Carville. I talked to him at Politica, and he goes, Brown I don't think he's that bright. And I'm going, "Yeah, no shit. He's no. not that bright." That's when I and I'm you to me away from him on many occasions. I I also am concerned about his mental, not his mental acumen. But his mental state of being. Oh, absolutely. I, I, I see him. I, I came to the conclusion he, he's deteriorating at a quick rate.
2: No, we don't have to be doctors. And, I'm sorry. Yeah. This is really I mean, uh, obvious. I've never uh, seen anything like some it. some days
1: he looks at me and I know he knows, you know, right. he knows who I am. Yeah. You know, I sued him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know. yeah. He knows who I am. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know. yep. And he don't like either one of us. <laughs> and that. then someday, Good. yeah, I, I just go, hey, look, get in line. I mean, Yeah. They, they Take call a number, me, sweetheart. Yeah. They call me nasty names. I go, look, I, I get called worse for my wife when I leave the toilet seat up. You Thank get you. More I'm like, minute. honey,
2: you wouldn't <laughs> last in the comedy business for two seconds if they <laughs> <Like, you> can't <laughs> handle me in <and> my <laughs> picture. I'd like to see you do a triple a, a Caroline's. Yeah, yeah. Try to yeah. Try to get up on stage and bomb. Thank for you. For the love of God. That guy couldn't do the chuckle hut. He shouldn't be running the country.
1: Gee, yeah, you know, talk about a snowflake. But I know. My yeah. biggest concern is that he's just had, I, I think there are people that are propping him up for their own Reasons yeah. that are contrary to uh, the safety of the republic.
2: Remember uh doctor, Ronnie Jackson.
1: <laughs> I was there for that. Okay. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Do you honestly think? Because you know, uh, supposedly Obama liked him, right? Yeah. Do you honestly think Ronnie Jackson didn't know that? And by the way, I, I'm alleging that Trump is a. a my, the rumor around town is that he has been a giant coke addict who then morphed into a giant Adderall addict. Because from what I understand, Adderall, if you like, crush it down and all that stuff, and snort it. Um, it kind of has the same effects as cocaine. So I'm also thinking, remember, he loved Steve Rubell and he loved uh, the Studio 54 crowd. Yes, he was part of that crowd. He was proud of that that era. And he, um, he, and he, he aspired likes to, to be Hugh Hefner. And he also he likes to um, brag about uh, being a non-drinker. I myself have also never had a drink in my life. I'm not a recovering drunk. I've just never had a drink. However, You're Irish and
1: you've never had a drink?
2: They hate me. They're not talking to me. They're not talking to me. They've excommunicated me. How can you go home? How can I say this about my people? And so, um, but I also think he's that type of guy. Remember, he's what, 72? He's from an era where you can actually think you're sober because you don't drink, but you're doing blow on the side, or if he's doing Adderall. And I'm thinking, Doctor, even Ronnie Jackson didn't do like a simple test or. I asked about see that. State of mind. I, I,
1: I, that was an exact question I asked about a mental uh, competency test, and they did not take one, and they did not like the question when I asked it. In the, well, they in could the have even room. done
2: a uh, what do you call it, like a, a blood packet or whatever they like. Could well, have even done simple blood work. I
1: asked Trump one time <clears throat> we were on the South Lawn as, as he was leaving, and I have two stories about you know he did not used to come up and take questions. on. So. Yeah,
2: Brian, I'm going to just say right now, I know we're getting along fine. But now that I find out that it's your fucking fault that I have to hear that helicopter <laughs> blade every time. And he is he's that orange screaming, shrill. And the wig is flying. It's my fault. And the nest is coming off <laughs> yeah. his head when the birds are trying to lay eggs on it. Yeah. And Melanie is missing. And Melanie is, I call her Melanie. Yeah. Melanie is wandering around somewhere.
1: With a, and, with a jacket on saying, who cares? And, he's yeah. sho-
2: and by the way, you know, he's shouting over that. And he never gets the nodes. I'm just saying. I, Bernie Sanders, I can barely understand Damn. him, you know, and Trump, he loves shouting over a freaking helicopter. So See, I think
1: he is a failed stand-up comic. I... Oh, he would love it.
2: He yes. would love to be a. Yes. That's another reason I think he hates me, and yes. also it's why he hates the quote, cool Hollywood elite. So let me let me tell you this. Another. Uh, challenge I did, I did on The Apprentice, and, and I really am proud of this story because for so many years, honestly, people just didn't care about Donald Trump and my act. They wanted to hear about the real housewives or whatever. So I've had these Trump stories for 25 years. He was on Suddenly Susan, I met him in the 90s, right? And he showed up with Marla. She was a showgirl. So that's how long I've known this fool. <laughs> He was a lawyer <clears> lot, <and throat> I remember he, he
1: was... had my condolences. I'm sorry to hear you.
2: I know, I know. And, um, you know, it was just very bizarre. And um, when, when I first met him, his, I went up to him and I said, Hi, my name is Kathy Griffin. I'm playing Vicky on the show. Welcome to the show. Nice to meet you. And he goes, call me the Donald. And I go, okay, call me the Kathy. And the reason... <laughs> I don't mean to sound like I'm, like, some badass, but I just want you to know, like, in Hollywood, and I, I don't mean to defend Hollywood. I'm just saying, that, trust me, they ditch me. I'm just saying, I, I kind of want to say, don't blame us. Because all those years that i would run into him and i've talked to many other like nbc folks Call we really Donald. we really we really just thought of him as like this orange buffoon that you know just so you know the apprentice is what's called an earpiece show you know yes, yeah, okay. of course so Spent my, too life, much time my life on the d-list yet. is like it or not that was a real show in fact i don't even know if they could do a show that real anymore because it was before what they do now which is called soft scripted or certain shows are literally, yeah, literally shows. So I'm sorry, reality show is not a reality show. No, and so what the Apprentice was was because and I I was uh, like I said I was on two two different episodes, one for my dear friend Joan Rivers, and then one because I want to um, talk about
1: her in a bit too. Oh yeah, please
2: yeah. do, please do. And then another one, um, I had to go to Bedminster, <clears> which I guess we all pay for now. I guess we own it. Yes, we do. And um, <laughs> no, we don't, but yes, we do. I we do. And um, uh, he wanted me. This is really ironic. He wanted me to roast him. He actually. Hired me to be part of a challenge. So he knew my shtick very well. I'm actually not a roaster. Like Jeff Ross is a roaster. I'm actually more right. of a, like I, I have a, like to say I have a little edge, but I don't sort of do one liners like that, but I knew, I kind of knew what he wanted. And, um, uh, when I went there and, and I talked to Ferenthal about this and I was very sort of proud that it made the paper because, um, when I went there on the set, um, they tried to get me to sign an NDA and I said, "What are you talking about?" I go, "You're lucky to get me. You know, if you're for right. free. What are you talking about? I should be worried about what you're going to say about me." And then um, uh, when I did the Joan Rivers episode, it was one of the money challenging, epi- money raising episodes, and she was on the board of Gods of We Deliver, a very legit charity. Yes, um, she's uh, they have a building in uh, downtown New York, and they literally deliver meals to. AIDS patients. Okay, it doesn't get better than that. Right. Joan Rivers, long time proven ally of the LGBT community, obviously, and so I uh, loved her. I loved her, and yeah. so she was doing a challenge, and this is how baller, by the way, she was. She, um, you know, I, she kind of hid this part of her life. If I can digress for a second, but the truth of the matter is, she literally rolled with like Prince Charles and Camilla. Um, she took me to Buckingham and Windsor one time. And I want to tell you something because I, I think it's actually pretty cool. So first of all, just the idea of, of going to see the Royals with Joan Rivers is, should be funny in itself. Well, yeah, that she, sounds like a sitcom. She, she did not let me tell the story until she passed away. She, said she, she was very protective of them because they had a real friendship. And Joan Rivers was so tight with the Royals, they would go on like painting excursions in Balmoral. Like she, I think Chuck is like secretly love with her a little bit wow. and Camilla adores her. And so she's very, you know, ribald as they would say. And so when she introduced me to uh, Prince Charles, um, she said, this is my friend, the American comedian, Kathy Griffin. She's very outrageous. And luckily he had seen me the night before on the Graham Norton show. And, um, uh, he said to me, um, without journalists or comics who would keep us honest. And he said it oh my in my God. ear. And I just thought. You know, I know all the young gays want Harry and God love him, but I'm Chuck all the way. Just for <laughs> saying, without. And I thought, how far have we come? Like, how. You could never get Trump to think journalists no. and comics keep us honest. No, and no. I mean, it was a flipping comment, but still, even a royal who's probably protected, who with the Queen Mum was like a Nazi sympathizer, even Charles, who's an old dude, says, comics mom, and journals keep us honest. And so. You know, that, that is the marriage between us. But I digress. So I get back to the uh, challenge with Joan. And it was, uh, she got a bag from Ralph Lauren. And she said, I need you to buy this bag. And, and she goes, overbid, overbid. It was an auction. I said, <laughs> you of course, do of job. course. You do and I job. said, well, I love her. And But <laughs> I just want you to know the reason she got the Ralph Lauren bag, and I thought it was so amazing. She called Ralph Lauren that day. Like, she was a baller. She was in with that crowd. Wow. And she just, she goes, and I said, I said, what's the bag? And she goes, oh, it's not even a market yet. I called Ralph. And I'm like, what do you mean you called Ralph? And I go, he took your call? And she's like, oh. Like, she was so insulted. Yeah. She goes, oh, of course he took my call. So anyway, <laughs> and I said, all right, all right. And so I, I I paid, I go to the challenge. And then Trump is there. And he's, like I said, I just don't believe. He never met a celebrity he didn't want to be photographed with. So. You know, we're taking pictures. And so all the right-wingers come at me online with pictures of me and Trump. And I'm like, this was, this was, <laughs> these were not pictures. Okay. These were not, I mean, seriously, he would just glue himself to you. And so uh, he was there and was always wanting to be on set, of course, to be seen. But and then And then, who cares? Who cares? And so he um, kind of stuck me with Ivanka because I guess he thought two women will have something to talk about. And, you know, honestly, it was like talking to a, a bag of Xanax and a, a very large bag of Xanax. And that's just my humble opinion. So I don't think she's any great thinker. I don't think she's. Is she the bag or is she the Xanax? She would be the bag and the Xanax. I I think you know. um, Oh, together. (laughs) She. I'm just saying. She reminded me of someone who displays the effects of someone who took an entire bag of Xanax. Um, Not a not a quick thinker. But anyway. uh Joan uh, had me, uh, Joan, Joan, of course, I got the bag. I would, I would have done anything for her. So I paid $3,000 for the bag. And so Not my, the bag of Xanax. No, yeah. the, ba- the <laughs> Ralph Lauren bag from Ralph <laughs> himself. And so uh, I, I said, um, uh, they wanted me to make the check out to the Donald J. Trump Foundation. And so I said, you know, I'm not comfortable with that. Um, I'm actually going to put it on a credit card, first of all, to get the miles, frankly. And I said, <laughs> I want to make it to God's love we deliver. So a higher up came up to me. And they said, Ms. Griffin, we understand there's a problem. And I said, what? I said, I'm donating $3,000. that <laughs> That's good, right? And they said, um, we understand you don't want to make the check out to the Donald J. Trump Foundation. And I said, no, I'm really, I'm not comfortable. And I said, first of all, I have my credit card and I want to make it out to the charity. And they fought me and fought me. And I said, well, that's it. Take it or leave it. And so um, years later, um, when Ferenthal was working on this, I DM'd him. And I called him. And God love him, he called God's Love We Deliver, he found the credit card thing, he talked to my former assistant because he wanted to get her as a, I guess a secondary, because she was, she remembered distinctly me going, well, if I'm going to donate three grand, I might as well get the miles. So she's like, no, you absolutely put it on your credit card. And then they found out that um, the check never went to God's Love We Deliver. Wow. So the money that Joan raised. So my, my donation went did to Did go to that. But the the money she raised didn't go to them. And I believe he exposed many, many times on The Apprentice when, you know, some of those challenges I mean, I remember Joan's year when Annie Duke was on there, there was, there were episodes where people were raising five hundred thousand dollars for the contestants charity. So Where you did know, that go? Donald J. Trump Foundation.
1: Yeah. Now defunct. Now we know where it is. Now
2: defunct. Do you Come think the, like, do you think any of those investigations will ever get ginned up again? I think
1: yes. And I think, um, well, before we go to the break, I'll, I'll tell you what I really do think. I think that uh, Donald Trump is scared. He doesn't want to, will never release his tax uh, results. And that's why he moved to Florida, I think, to try and lessen that. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I think that Republicans right now on impeachment are sitting in a confluence of two events. That if they vote for Donald, if It's going to end up on the soft round shoulders of Mitch McConnell. The, the fate uh, of our republic. Right. But he doesn't like Trump. And he is looking at poll results. So after the public hearings and what happens in the House, and they're going to try and push it to bury it as much as they can, he's going to get impeached. It'll go to the Senate. And depending on what ends up in the House, the Republicans will sit at... If they vote for Trump, they risk losing the general. If they vote against Trump and kick him out... They risk being primaried in their own election, and and,
2: and McConnell is absolutely ironclad safe, right? Like no, he can't he's not, be primaried. He he is. He, well, he's not the, being primaried but veteran he does can have no? he
1: does have a Democratic contender in Kentucky that might be able to beat him if more than ten percent of you turn up to vote. Yes, that's the problem yes. in Kentucky. And also, but,
2: I was told by a Republican operative it would take about ten million dollars to actually defeat him, as opposed to defeating Susan Collins, which would take about a million dollars. Exactly.
1: Exactly. Well, Mitch has, and there, and uh, he has an opponent who is raising money, and she's a good opponent, and and for a change. And um, so it, but he's going to at some point in time, and this will happen after the first of the year. This is all what we're talking about now is going to happen prior to Christmas, after the first of the year. It'll be in the Senate at some point in time, and Mitch McConnell is going to have to walk into the Oval Office, and he's going to tell Donald Trump one of two things. He's going to tell him, you've got the votes, relax. Or he's going to say, look, Mr. President, there are 25 senators going to vote against you. You're screwed.
2: When we come back, will you please explain to me? Because of course, being a libtard snowflake, I want to know. Tell me the path. Where the Dems can actually get those six seats, and that doesn't happen, because honestly, what good is the presidency if we still have McConnell?
1: Well, that's a good question, and the re- it's Obama and the, with Boehner. The answer all over again. is the Democrats have to field some candidates who can appeal to the middle of America, mm-hmm. as well as to the left—you know, left and right—which mm-hmm. is what the Democratic Party always was. Yeah, and somebody with some charisma. Mm-hmm. And then they have to vote. Yes. They in in the 2016 election, people did not vote, mm-hmm. and that was uh, and there was some voter suppression, but there were people who. But it
2: was one of those. I, I hate to say it. It was Bush v. Gore, and yes, I was, it was a big Al Gore fan. And it was it was people friends of mine that I respect going. I just don't like either of them.
1: Yes, and, and they didn't vote. Don't
2: even start me with white bitches. Fifty three percent of white bitches voted for Trump. That is a dagger to my feminist heart. I am not talking to white bitches. There, th- I said it. I'm not you- talking to them. I'm not talking to
1: them
2: because they're colonized. I asked Steinem about it. I went up to Gloria Steinem and I said, um, cause I always like to blame her for things that go wrong. And she's like, well, I'm in love with her. She's like a, an idol, of course. And I said, look, when you talk about the quote, suburban women, you're talking about women that went to Ivy league schools. And I said, uh, uh, how are these women voting for Trump? And she said something really interesting. She said, you know, women can be colonized at any Uh, any financial bracket. And she said, a lot of the women you're talking about, yeah, maybe they went to, uh, you know, uh, Princeton. But, a lot of these women also, and there's nothing wrong with this, decided to you know, marry the guy, also went to Princeton, and then be a stay-at-home mom. And they kind of hear him, and then over the years, they kind of like many, many women. And I'm, I'm sure, I don't know, if my mom was like this, but I think my grandma was. Would you know, defer to the husband, right. And, um, Whatever you say, honey. Th- that's right. And I thought, yeah, I really never thought about that. It actually well, doesn't have to do with women being educated enough to see his through his B- BS. If the husband is all in, and there's disinformation at this level happening. um, you know, and these women are only seeing the disinformation. And a lot of women, let's let's talk about the elephant in the room. A lot of women can be women's worst enemies, and that is what I deal People with. People, people's my, worst enemies. Yeah, but I'm just telling you, as a woman, I there are many, many times where I'm going before a female executive. A man who loves
1: women, I believe you. Well, thank you. Uh,
2: There are many times when, uh, I'll be honest, a female executive will be tougher on me than a a guy. Oh, yes. Because we're still kind of... My wife says that all the time. Yeah, because we're still, unfortunately, in the era where there's so few women in in positions of real power that they feel like they have to act like a dude, and they have to prove, they're going to have to go out of their way and go, I'm not going to give a woman preferential treatment.
1: But it's also the competition, I think.
2: Yes. And I think a lot of women um, maybe were turned off by Hillary Clinton because... You know, I, uh, the same reason people get jealous. She's accomplished, she's smart. Um, a lot of women don't like that she wasn't perfect. They couldn't vote for a woman unless there was this magical perfect woman. Well,
1: and then there's my in-laws, and I'm saying this on the record. <laughs> I won't be able to go back there this Christmas, thank God. I'm, always I'm, contentious,
2: always contentious. You're welcome but there, here.
1: Yeah. But there are women who are who live in flyover land who uh, and and I don't mean that disparagingly, but I mean, I'm for yeah, I am too. Yeah, uh, in the middle of the country, who um, you can the Democrats can come out and say they have a perfect health plan, mm-hmm. and at the same time they come out and say reparations for civil war and we're going to take your guns, mm-hmm. and there are women in flyover land who go, hey, that doesn't. I would like to vote against Donald Trump. But that's not going to get my vote. Yeah. Because their health care plan is their mm-hmm. gun. <laughs> so you start, and men and women are the same on that. But the women who vote against Trump that I see that are not of, of the same uh, stature or status that you're talking about, but more middle income and lower income, mm-hmm. they do defer to their husbands, but it's because of those issues mm-hmm. specifically. And they don't like the way Donald Trump talks. And they don't like that he says grab him by you know no, right. I'm not going to say it but you know grab him in a certain area and, and uh, because I'm a gentleman but uh, <laughs> not really but you yeah know, but hey. then
2: you see women showing up at rallies and with the f- t-shirt with yeah. an arrow down to the private grab- saying hey gra- I would love if you'd grab me by the business. and that's the other and as ones. a woman I'm looking at those images going oh well we just went back 40 years great.
1: Forty, a Two two hundred. I'm going caveman. Now, I'm not man. sure that's... if I can vote. Yeah, not sure. I, I think we lost the right we to vote during this, <laughs> yeah. during this conversation.
2: During this conversation,
1: grab him by the hair and drag him out of yeah, there. Yeah, that's, that's right. The yeah. good old days. <laughs> oh yeah. So we're gonna we'll, we'll take a short break and we'll come back. It's more fun. It's with Kathy Griffin. Thank you, Kathy. We'll be right back. My pleasure. Right. <laughs> and welcome back to Just Ask the Question. I am Brian Carman. And so, Kathy, we're still here with Kathy. I got to ask you the first question I was going to ask you. What? As a comedian, yes. worst place you've ever done stand up?
0: Oh, Or gosh. worst night you
1: ever hit? We've all bombed.
2: Oh, there's so many bombing stories. Yeah. Um, I actually wanted to write a book one time called Bombs Away. And I just <laughs> thought in this environment, it's, it's too scary. But um, I mean, everything from I have played a Racino, Brian.
1: A Racino?
2: Yes. Do you know what that is?
1: Uh, You're going to tell me, I hope. I know what a casino is. It's a
2: half racetrack, half casino.
1: Oh, my God.
2: You heard me. And <laughs> I, I, you know, I had I had like the deal memo, right? So I had to do something like uh, probably 90 minutes or something like that. And, you know, I'm going to fulfill that contract. Right. As my mother would say, hell or high water. You know, I'm the daughter of a depression woman. I am going to fulfill my contract no matter what. So not only am I playing at a racino you know, where the ponies are going behind me the sun hasn't gone down yet. <laughs> so it was like a summer show at like 7 o'clock. And the audience is like half watching me. And by the way, the the show says An Evening with Kathy Griffin. So it's not like a club. It's like an actual sort of believe it or not. It's a showroom. And yet the ponies are behind me. And I'm thinking, this is a little interesting. So I turn around. I'm looking at the ponies. I'm like, go number three.
0: And then (laughs) sure enough,
2: the sound goes out. Of the whole place. Oh, my God. And then they're booing and stuff. And then um, uh, my uh, lover, who we live in sin, Randy, who's also my tour manager, don't judge. <laughs> he goes up to the guy and he says, look, you got two choices. You know, you got to either, you know, refund their money or you got to figure out the sound system because the guy's there with like a karaoke mic, right? He does. It's like, oh. there's the sound system. And so they handed me a bullhorn. And let me tell you. you I did, did those comedy minutes over bullhorn? And on a bullhorn at a Racino. And at the end, they stood. Oh my they were like, you know God. what? That's person. Hashtag she persisted. <laughs> <laughs>
1: she persisted.
2: And I thought, give what me were the checklist. I don't know, but she did her job. Give me the check. I did it, and yeah, it was. So that was definitely. It. How about yours? Oh,
1: <laughs> well, Hershey, Pennsylvania. Yes. At a club, and it was. Um, they had makeshift stage set up for us that had been the planner. So it was, yeah. it was, and so they put plywood and we got up and there was, the, you know, the, the single light brick wall type of thing. Right, we call thing. that a
2: riser. Yeah.
1: So it makes there. you nervous yeah. when
2: you even see that setup. You're like, okay, now I kind of know what the gig is.
1: And it was right in front of the door to the kitchen.
2: Yes. So
1: the door was <laughs> Oh, open. I know it well.
2: I did a gig next to the shrimp buffet one time and after a while I was just going down there making the shrimp cocktail for them. I'm like, let me
1: let me streamline yeah. this for you. Hold on a Table for four, yes. your shrimp is ready. Yes. You know, so, I mean, you'll do anything at Yeah, just point. to get them anything. out of Anything, right. And, you know, the bar, uh, so that was, oh, the other one was, we did, we was in D.C., and they brought us in, I didn't do this gig, I opted out of it, but they brought me and Roger Mercick and um, I can't remember who else, uh, Kevin Lee, I think it was, uh, local mm-hmm. uh, comedians in D.C., you'll know him if you're from D.C., and um, we were going to do this gig, and they didn't want us to do it from the stage, They had, it was like a retreat or something, so they had beanbag chairs and they wanted us to go around for an intimate night of comedy telling the same jokes. Seven, eight, nine, ten, twelve times.
2: That's like a stand-up lap dance.
1: Yeah. Like,
2: what is this? A champagne room yeah, where everybody in a beanbag gets a private I'm, performance? I'm,
1: I'm going, I don't have a G string, I'm not I'm out. I <laughs> mean,
2: talk, two drink minimum is yeah. enough. You're pushing it, but beanbag performances. So I opted out
1: of that one. No, I
2: mean we were laughing because uh in the break, of course, we were saying that Trump is really Honestly, he's a typical failed comics. Like I yes. know, I know so many failed comics that are exactly like that. I do too. And they don't. I'm sorry to say, they don't get. It's never going to happen. So they're still, like I said, they'll bring a handful of friends. They'll go do ten minutes at the Chuckle Hut in Bumfuck Heights and they'll do it and they just will never face the fact that they don't have it and they hate anyone who's successful and they hate anyone who, who generates a lot of new material and they go
1: long right. and they're not they funny. go
2: long mm-hmm. and they right because they, they, they're they so resentful mm-hmm. that the headliner actually gets you know 50 minutes or something that they just want to go into that and it's it's uh the, the point of it is just to be an asshole
0: yeah that's- so <laughs>
2: it's not even that they really have a lot of great material or are trying out new stuff it's usually nope. people that have the same 20 minutes they've had for 10 years and they still want to go along.
1: Build the wall.
2: Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's right. That's it. Yep.
1: He's got the same... He loves the uneducated. Build the wall. Did mm-hmm. nothing wrong. Finish the wall. Yeah, well... Finish the wall. He, he, they haven't even really started it. They're just... Of course
2: not. <laughs> they don't have slats. <laughs> <laughs> they don't have a Roman shade. Please.
1: <laughs> well, what don't I like is... They have an awning. I, I interviewed a guy in uh, Laredo this past January. I said, they're going to build a wall here. And he was a guy that... Uh, he lives in Nuevo Laredo. He works in his cousin's machine shop in Laredo. Mm-hmm. So he walks across the river. It's, it's wastey. Yeah, every day instead of paying a buck and a quarter to cross the, mm-hmm. you know, at the bridge. So he walks over, he works, he goes home. I yeah. said, why don't you use a bridge? I eh, saved myself a buck and a quarter. Who cares? Mm-hmm. You know, I walk two blocks. It's good for me. Yeah. I said, you know, they're going to build a wall here. And he looks and I go, what are, what are you going to do if they build a wall? He looks up the river, he looks down the river, he looks at me, he goes, I'm going to be late for work. Oh (laughs) my
0: God. (laughs) Wow. Wow. All
1: right. So the other one, I I wanted to ask you about Joan. You've got... Yeah. Joan Rivers was, you know, for years was Johnny Carson's, you know... Absolutely. And she was one of the first uh, women who really, I thought, made a damn difference.
2: Oh, she was the... the, A pioneer. Not only that, but people forget that it hasn't been since Joan Rivers, that there has been a female in nightly network.
0: <laughs> so true. you
2: got, you know, you got Chelsea on cable, which is great. You got a lot, of, you know, you got women on cable. Um, are women during daytime, of course, but I was so naive that when I would watch Joan as a kid and I thought it was always an event when she took over, cause obviously you never knew what she was going to say. And yet all the stars still went to her and you know, we would have many conversations about like, sometimes celebrities take a very long time to come around and realize like you really are just teasing, like you're not out to get right. them and stuff. And she was really, very, she and Rickles were really masters at that. I mean, there were a few they could the never get. comics. Yes. But they could, they could, you know, she actually was really good friends with Elizabeth Taylor. And they actually had a deal. And it was was really cute. Um, It it was, uh, she could make fun of Liz Taylor as much as she wanted, as long as Elizabeth could call Joan anytime and get like a private, like funny phone call. And they had like this deal. And I made, I'm not, my hand to God, I made the same deal with Kim Kardashian, my ex neighbor. She came over (laughs) one day and she's obsessed with Elizabeth Taylor. And I told her that story. And she goes, literally, and I said, no, figuratively. Well, okay. um, and, and anyway, she understood. Yeah, uh, yeah, sort of. No, but I said, I said, so that's the deal. And I said, um, if you will, you and your sisters and your mother, um, who's killed people? Let's face it, Chris yep. Jenner has killed people. She didn't mean it, but I mean, I I, I can't prove it, but I just don't cross her. Do <laughs> not, not cross her.
1: Uh, no, but um, introduce her to my Catholic mother, and we're all in trouble. Oh
2: boy. Um, but you know, that was that was those are the days when you could do that. Is you could have you know people understand that when you're a, a person, a public person, this comes with the territory. And so when I think about Trump, you know, not ending the White House correspondence Dinner, but really trying to, and you and I were both there when Michelle yeah. Wolf did very well. And when Matt Schlapp started tweeting that the room was emptying, I'm like, no girl, just you and your beard wife were emptying. <laughs> Allegedly, I'm sure he loves the vagina. I'm sure Matt Schlapp loves vaginal sex with it is a woman.
1: strictly pejorative sense. Of course.
2: (laughs) And so, you know, like, so that's the kind of stuff they do. So, you know, being in the room and seeing Michelle do well and then all of a sudden people believe freaking a guy like Matt Schlapp tweeting to whomever the room is emptied, everyone's left, she's ruined everything. And I'm like, no, no. No. they left. In fact, Sean Spicer stood up when she referenced him to try to act like, you know, oh, I can take a joke on the chin. Right. But um, it, it, it is... Even as he
1: lies to us about the size of an inaugural crowd that didn't exist. Oh, that's... my
2: God. He's still... I'm sorry. There's got to be some
1: liability. What is the deal with him? Have you seen him dancing? I, I feel oh, embarrassed for him.
2: so embarrassing. But I, then I... look at Rick Perry. Well,
1: do we have to? No. <laughs> I, and,
2: did, and What was that video, resignation video he made? That was like I, a like a another
1: field stand up. Uh, uh, <laughs> I know, I know.
2: But that was like a high production. He I'm leaving even, video. Rick
1: Perry did not even know he was in charge of the nuclear.
2: <laughs> I know. I know. He was like, "Oh, you didn't tell me that part." Yeah.
1: A, how did actually work? How
2: knee deep do you think Rick Perry is in the Ukraine stuff? Very. Uh, oh, me too.
1: I, but me too. we'll see. I mean, I, I keep. How's he gonna get out of it? How's anyone going to get out of it? They're, they hope that they're <laughs> that someone's going to pardon them. I guess. Oh, right. <laughs> Would you say <clears throat> pardon? Uh, no, no, no. Yeah. No, that's what I want. <laughs> that's yeah. It. Um, I I think that uh, Trump is after the whistleblower. Uh, the, the um lawyer for the whistleblower, Mark Zaid. I had him program a few mm-hmm. weeks ago. He was my attorney actually when I was I had some FOIA requests mm-hmm. and he was helping me fight a FOIA. Very good guy. Very independent. Um, doesn't really play politics so he's very angry with what Trump has said about the whistleblower and I think that Trump is shooting himself in the foot with that trying to destroy the whistleblower's act is actually going to anger some of the base because they have placed value in being able to out people and, mm-hmm. and have in and doing it the right way mm-hmm. so I, I think that Trump Rick Perry Pence I think that whole bunch of them are Pompeo, in pa- Oh yeah, Bar, wow. A. G. Barr AG Barr uh, Talk well, to
2: Bar? I mean, that's unbelievable.
1: He's a toffee bar. That's what he wow. Is. I know. He's chewy and he's gooey, and yeah. I don't think he's uh, very professional. But he's Trump's private guy. You know, he's. It's unbelievable. Yeah.
2: It's so much worse than Watergate. Well, thank it's you. So much, I mean, because and, Watergate was domestic, and this is international, and. Uh, I do believe the national security thing I understand why Speaker Pelosi is narrowing the field and it's easier for people to consume. I, I have to say though I'm one of those lefties. I want all these things investigated until their end. I want to know what the fuck happened with why. Like for example I have a personal interest in in the Pecker and Howard stuff because I just I like know saying they the did, word Pecker. That's, that's right. David Pecker <laughs> and Dylan Howard, uh, the CEOs of AMI I have a, a big issue with them for all the hit pieces they did on me during this and in, yeah. in my business people really read that shit and they really believe it. Oh, They're all weeklies but unfortunately in my business, it's agents and assistants reading it and going, oh, that's true, Kathy Griffin's in ISIS. Or one article said I had lupus. You know, it's anything to make me uninsurable or, or unemployable. Rumor is,
1: she's a redhead. My no, God. How dare you redhead. say
2: that to my box of nice and easy. Um, it's, you know, and-, and uh, Lucille Ball? Reading, reading, you know, I'm reading Catch and Kill and the relationship that this administration has with those media outlets- um, I, I just think a lot Sinclair,
1: of Sinclair, Fox, okay, so now
2: being, you know, being, uh, like for since the Trump thing, touring has been my only way to make an income uh, and I only was able to do one tour, but when I have done local press, which has been really my bread and butter many times. And when I did overseas local press, it moves tickets. It doesn't really move a lot of tickets to announce one city on Twitter. Cause that's an international right. you know, platform. So, um, Now, every time I do a TV hit, I have to look them up, see if they're a Sinclair channel. If they're not a Sinclair channel, I have to see who the parent company is. Because I never know if I'm going to be sitting there in, you know, Houston or something and then all of a sudden they're going to come at me with some bizarre question that has something to do with a bias directive from above. Or some
1: BS that yeah. doesn't exist. And yeah.
2: also, you know, most Americans do, do not have cable. Most Americans can't afford it. and Most Americans still watch their local news and believe their local news and they don't know what Sinclair is. And that's one of the things that breaks my heart. That's one of those stories that I wish every single American knew. Just a regular American, no matter well, what they, <clears throat> how much money they have or where they they live or what their party they're in they should know there's a company called Sinclair and they're buying your local Channel 7 or Channel 5 or what it is and they have a guy named Boris Epstein who does these weird monologues and you've never seen him before yeah, but Boris let me and explain what this is
1: it. yeah he was at the White House I I said you know people looking for a Russian why are you looking there he is yeah <laughs> I know I know <laughs> not hard to find but, yeah and yeah. he got upset with that but you know I'm sorry I, and I find that this is, you know, we talked in the break. That's this is, this is the Ronald Reagan legacy. Mm-hmm. And if we don't bust up the media monopolies, if we don't deal with that problem, uh, the monolithic structure is going to. And that's why when Trump, if he were honest, if they really did have a in there, and guess what, newsflash, he's not. No. But um, if he were honest, there is a problem in the press. Mm-hmm. But it's not the problem. The, the reporters don't have. Look, we don't care. We're just there to ask question. It's, yeah. up, it's upstairs, and it's a small number of owners that care. Right. And they and I got news for you. None of those people are liberally biased. Oh, no. They're all biased towards money.
2: Exactly. Look at Oppenheim. Oh, look at Andy Lack. Look at Phil Griffin. Look at Burke. Yeah. I mean, but the head of Comcast isn't even like a newsy guy, and he makes the decisions. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, as you know, when news became profitable, that was... You know, well, there was a, a more saying more that was,
1: There was a great saying one time that when they set aside, they said, look, you can broadcast all you want for 23 and a half hours a day. Mm-hmm. But for a half hour, you have to dedicate to public service. It yeah. was back in the 50s, and that's what gave us the nightly news. Right.
2: We don't care about profits. In that's fact, where they made their well,
1: mistake. Right. If they had said, you do that with no profit, no advertising, yeah. that's what they should have done, mm-hmm. and they didn't. And that's why we have people... It was the Kennedy assassination that showed people they can make money off of news, mm-hmm. and then it further they doubled down with that during when CNN and the Gulf War. Yeah. And so then it went to the twenty four seven news cycle. Yeah. And so now everyone has, and they're streaming, and they're online, and they're, and it's not even news sometimes. You know, the, the people have to understand that to be news. Look, you can tweet anything. anybody can have any opinion they want. Yeah. But if you want news, I tell people that I've hired. They come to me and they go, "This is what I think." And like, I don't give a shit what you right. think. I barely care what I think. <laughs> but what do you know? Yeah. To be what news, can you what can yeah you have to have a, at least a copy editor, right? To be news
2: yeah and that's one of the things that is so frustrating to me about the that's my rant sorry i know <laughs> I, i'm all about i'm all about the saying facebook is a criminal enterprise i mean honestly <laughs> i think these social media companies are criminal enterprises and i'm not kidding they are manipulating elections around the world and they i mean first of all the idea that what zuckerberg how he sleeps at night knowing what happened to the rohingya genocide do you does he know who Aung San Suu Kyi is? Well, um, oh, no, he, he
1: doesn't. But, That's the point. But how do
2: you how how are you even a parent and let that happen? And yet that emboldened him. And the same with the YouTube criminals and all yeah. this all that stuff. And so. I mean, the, you know, the Gavin McGinnis story that didn't that guy start at Vice?
1: Yes. And
2: now he's like, they had the, 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 the Proud Boys or what, one of them? Yeah, the, yeah. Proud boys. yeah. Is that like Boys to Men? Do they ever grow up? Are they Proud Men or is it kind of like Backstreet Boys? Like, are
1: they Boys? <laughs> the Backstreet Boys. They're getting proud a little boys. long in the tooth. I'm just saying, there's a lot of gray hair in that group with the Proud Boys. You know what I mean?
2: They're like a boy band. Well, should, you, know, um, and you have
1: to wonder what the Boys mean. You know, oh, I'm that's right. Out. That's right. I know, I know.
2: Because, I, you know, that's, as you know, another thing that's frustrating is, is we've, we're kind of learning if, if you're paying attention, whatever they accuse the left of is what
0: they're, they're doing. They're doing!
2: So every time, you know, I mean, I read something on my friend Sarah Silverman. They went after her saying she was going to Petto Island. And then, of course, I go down the rabbit hole of what's Pedo Island. Yeah, And I then I know. find out Tom Hanks is thrown in there too. So I call Tom's uh, lovely wife, Rita, and I said, hey, I just, I just happened to check Tom's timeline and I go the most beloved actor in America uh, I'm not saying he's better because he's an actor but I just said of, of all the things I, I know about Tom and Sarah I go pedo or pedo island is not one of them and and you know uh, she just told me she said it just runs so deep you know you can't even imagine well, and you know I just wrote a thread on Twitter and I said look I've known Sarah Silverman <laughs> since she's 18 years old <laughs> she's not a pedophile but it's you know and then of course well, you find out people it's people- really it's really the right wing it's these other ones it's it's always the um franklin grahams it's always the jim jordans it's always those guys that get caught and i'm sorry as a fallen catholic it's the same thing with the church oh they're so about family values and stuff in the meantime they're covering up for those uh pedophiles yeah, the, the, the Adam- do you remember values, do you yeah, remember yeah. father porter i will yeah. never forget that ad and I, I believe it was the boston globe do you remember father porter yeah, yeah. And all those people came up for the first time.
1: Well, when the but it's that <coughs> Archbishop kind of in that DC had, went down, and I yeah. had known him, and he had come and you know had and because I, I ran a football program for youth, and, mm-hmm. and I remember I, they told me, well, and he was the one who came and said, listen, all your coaches have to go through this pedophile awareness training, mm-hmm. and I said. Why? No, guys say you first. I, I go, you first, I said, Cardinal. That's exactly. I said, you well, first, when Cardinal. Do the exactly. go- we'll do a polygraph. <laughs> yeah. When do the priests go through? And they go, that's not a question we want to answer. I go, I bet it isn't. Seriously. <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: <laughs> but I, I, I wonder, do you think that there is, is any space for there to be sort of a reckoning? Like, I'm not, I'm not saying that the Vatican is cleaned up, but at least it's now something we know and we talk about it. There's movies about it. And there's books about it. And there's documentaries about it. So... Do you think that there's any time any way that that paradigm shift can happen with this administration? Because I, I believe that we you know, we now have concentration camps in the United States. That's we what do. I call them. They are. That's what they are. Um, regular I people them. don't they understand are. that they're they're privately owned and that's why many journos and electeds can't even get in there. Um, and, and I have and they are. Yes, and I've seen, you know, the footage of Mike Pence just looking at those folks in cages and look once again looked like he slept <laughs> like a baby that night. So yeah. well, do you think there's any way to, uh, to, to see if there can be a shift where more people are aware of this in a way that they understand?
1: Well, I think the 2018 elections was a bellwether. Yeah. But I think for there to be a change, there has to be more people. Look, many people like you and me are aware of it. Mm-hmm. We're all sitting here. There's five of us in this room. We're all aware of it.
2: But I don't know why everyone isn't
1: aware of it. Yes. That's the problem. People do not vote. And I can't tell you the number of times when I've talked to someone they go off and they go, I hate this, I hate that. Did you vote? Well, what's the point?
2: Kanye West. <laughs> he went on the, the Letterman Netflix show.
1: Yeah.
2: And Letterman said, "Have you ever voted?" And he said, "No." And and Letterman said, "I hate to tell you, the, you know, you kind of lost your credibility on that one." Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. Kanye is doing rants saying that, you know, uh, he feels that li- liberals beat up on him and he has you no know, concept of He's
1: doing just fine. He's doing just fine.
2: But also <laughs> it's just uh, it's it's disappointing <laughs> to me how many people frankly even my age still think elections are every 4 years. Yes, no elections are every year, in addition to special elections, which may, by the way, impact their their day to day lives much more than the presidential. Well,
1: that's like when people say, you know, we need a revolution. Well, we get one every year in this country. It's yeah. called an election. Mm-hmm. Get your sorry ass up and vote. I yeah. I think honestly, I think. It ought to be a national holiday, election Absolutely. day. Absolutely. Number two, they ought to be mandatory, and if you don't vote, you're fine.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, I, I lived in California when they made insurance mandatory, and it just happened, and it's kind of the you know the argument seatbelts, right? Right. And, oh, well, that took. there were probably some lobbying against seatbelts, but thank God we have seatbelts. What a yeah. concept. Exactly. You, so, you have to legislate so something decades for you to see. But it can't happen
1: now. Right. Well, we should. Yeah. But, so the other one I, I I definitely want to ask you Who? is... You're very popular with the LGBTQ community.
2: <laughs> I love the gays. I am I am a, um, a long-time hag, as I say with pride. Um, yeah, I think... I'm a lesbian
1: in a man's body.
2: That's right. I'm a little gay boy, and I couldn't be happier. Um, I'll probably go see Judy for a fifth time. Um, so I I think that I have a, honestly, natural relationship with the community that was truly organic. I mean, honestly... I just remember being in kindergarten, first grade, and somehow I just kind of gravitated toward the gay kid. And maybe he didn't know he was gay, and maybe I didn't know I was going to be did a wacky comedian. Did, huh? I some for some reason we clicked. Let me just put it that way. <laughs> we had a lot in common. We uh, spoke freely, and so I think um, I think the relationship I, I have with the community is long and enduring because uh, I think that what we share is a knowledge. Myself as a female comedian um, and someone who's outspoken about things that are sometimes uncomfortable, but I think we share a knowledge. Uh, that there's no doubt in our mind that we are disenfranchised and in a way that we have to work 10 times harder and jump 10 times higher. And I actually just did a LGBT charity event last night in San Francisco, and I was asked that question. And it was a room full of people of all ages, you know, that had been through the old fight when AIDS was called grids. And of course, the Reagan presidency, we didn't say it for six years, and then mock folks with AIDS on top of it. Um, the whole patient zero thing uh, up to, you know, the younger LGBT folks that, um, have different issues that they're dealing with. But, uh, the thing that I am so, um, I, am really optimistic about the LGBT community because, I will say, as, like I said, as a feminist, I will, I will talk to my, as they say, cisgender, meaning just boring old straight woman, friends, and I'll say... Yeah, I was
1: called that once, and I go, I don't know what that means. I know, I'm like, give me a minute. No, but uh,
2: I I said, um, you know, I always sort of get into fights with some of my my feminist friends and go, look, we gotta stop the old thing of, like, bitches turning on each other. I said, you know what I love about the LGBT community? They have their issues, etc., but honestly, at least ever since Stonewall... They get together and they mobilize and they legislate and they elect LGBT folks. They really do work. They don't just kind of bitch and moan. And more importantly, when the chips are down, unlike I would ha- I would argue heterosexual women, we still tend to turn on each other. You know, there's just something about Hillary. I can't say what it is. I don't like her. I, I don't, don't know. what it is. I don't like her hair. Yeah. Okay. Let me tell you, the gays don't roll like that. They're like, we're in trouble. We need. We'll gay... get your hairdo. Right. We, that's
1: right. we got we... a hairdresser. We all well, take
2: care of that. Honey, you don't act like you don't know who runs the
1: Capitol. Uh, I'm telling you. It is.
2: It is conservative legislators and their gay assistants. who yeah. tell them what's going on. Yeah. And so you know, and I mean, the more conservative the closeted, they are, the gayer the assistants. The, assistant. the that's closeted right. representatives. Those law cabin gays are. Yeah. But you know, that's. That's one thing I I just identify with, and I think that's why um, you know since the Trump photo two and a half years ago, I have become more of a political comedian. But I also just feel like it's so much part of the zeitgeist. How can you ignore it? And the struggles for people of color, and you know, my thing is I'm fighting, always fighting for women of a certain age and equal pay, etc., sexism, but also the LGBT community. You know, like last night when I was giving a speech, I said, look, uh, don't be fooled. I said, in my opinion, he hasn't come for this community in a way that he wants to. Um, but he is rolling back rights in real time and there's a lot of things he's blustered and bluffed about but he's actually done some real damage to the community i will say i don't think he's done a piece of legislation gay yet supporting him correct there's two or three that i think there's he pays in on the list um what, are they out
1: yeah oh boy
0: mm-hmm.
2: all right um but
1: i <laughs> I, I well I, except so, for pence he's not out.
0: No,
2: but mother looks the other way. Um, they have like a Jackie O, Arionesis. And that was a joke. was a joke. I'm sure there's the contract sure. is somewhere <laughs> yeah. buried in the vault today, am I? No, but... Um, but there's an NDA somewhere. Somewhere, it's very long. But anyway, uh, I, I do I do think um, he, he has not legislated anything quite yet to, to really mobilize the gay army in a way that I've seen. And I said this to great cheers to 1,800 LGBT folks last night, and they loved it because they know true and i said in my opinion he hasn't come for you real hard yet he's come for you and i said but i'll tell you what i really believe he does not know what he's in for and it they was uproarious applause and i really do yeah, believe the that being that real is a hard, community but... that honestly they stick together and they fight hard and they fight back and they are smart about how they fight so you are correct it's about voting and it's about getting you know not the trump voters to change their mind they're indoctrinated. But it's about getting people of color to believe their vote matters. It's about getting young people to understand why it matters to them if it's something they've never done in their 18 years of life. And it's about, you know, getting the LGBT leaders to keep getting the younger folks coming up to understand why it matters to them and the people around them. And also another thing I find really difficult to stomach, because it's just not something I grew up with, is how many Americans will vote based on if they think the president is going to personally improve their single lives? Like, well, unless I It's may, like
1: Jesus is there. I to know, I would love it.
2: I'm sorry. It's gonna be the president for everybody. Like yeah. it's this weird, like bar where now this new thing is Well, how are you going to make my life better? And I keep hearing on the trail, like they're all going around Iowa, going, they're not talking about impeachment. How can I make, you're making, and I, I wish somebody would stand up and go, my job isn't to make only your life better. You know, my See job, that's where the
1: Democrats need a better candidate.
2: Well, I, I you know, look, I, 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 I will push back on you, and know, I'll tell you why. I actually think while we Work have with so many, I we uh, we have, I'd like push to, hard. Baby. I'm gonna, all right. I'm going to spin. I'm going to pull a Kev- Kelly and pivot on you. I'm going to say we have an embarrassment of riches. So I will say I feel that, like
1: I'm always going to a debate of cabinet guys. I think everybody <laughs> there would be great in the cabinet.
2: Oh, I know. That's my favorite thing to do that's, is to yeah. get, to assign them what their real yeah. job should be.
1: Kamala Harris, A. G.
2: Okay. Uh, 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 Mayor, Mayor Pete, senator, there, or governor of Iowa? Island. Of That's Iowa. Of Iowa. That's good. Um, and so yeah, Yang, so they, like, Andrew
1: Yang, commerce uh, secretary. Uh, commerce
2: secretary, absolutely. Or by the way, if there was actually going to be regulation of the internet, he would know how to do it. Yeah. And to regulate it like well, at least Congress like secretary the media do that. Is. Oh, there you go. That's why Maybe. I'm on the cabinet. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and by the way, just can we just? This is terrible. Yeah. All right. I'm gonna get a lot of. We're gonna get. We're both gonna get blowback for this because they're almost like the Bernie Bros. I can't get over Beto refusing to run for for the Senate.
1: Well, Beto screwed himself up when he said, "I'm gonna take away your guns."
2: He lives in Texas. He's not gonna get elected on that. But okay, but even prior to that. Oh yeah, even prior to that. Really, like. I, first of all, I had so much momentum, and I thought I thought his message was very centrist, meaning he kept saying I in want the, to talk to everyone, beginning. not just the Democrats, yeah. but Republicans, but uh, independents, and all this other stuff. And I thought, wow, in Texas, this is great, this is real momentum. He was kind of doing the Obama social media thing, yeah. You know, right. Do a little bit of the AOC, not you know, and I thought, okay, I think good he lost for him. His way. But okay, what's wrong with being a senator? I would argue Mitch McConnell is much more powerful than Donald Trump. Oh, well, right.
1: absolutely. He empowers Donald but Trump. But doesn't
2: better O'Rourke go? Wait a minute. If I become a senator, but, I could be a committee chair. But Kathy, what you thinking? and what else is he doing?
1: Right, right. I, I think he's he's shot his bolt and he's out. That's. I think he's done. But I, uh, yeah, no kidding. And I've asked that question. Or again. governor. I, I've asked him that question. In fact, I asked him...
2: But he gets he gets insulted. Like, oh, you think I'm not good enough to be president? It's like, no, dude, but you all can't be president. But also, be an amazing yes. senator. Yes, I think be you can't be president. Or be an amazing governor. And then right. be the... What Chris used to be? The head of the Governor's yeah, Association. It, There's a lot of power.
1: It's it, it. We live in such a binary country. Either or. A or B. I mean, up or down. And Beto... Bought into that, you know what? I'm not good enough, so I'm not, you know. It's like you can't be this, or what? You can't be nothing, right? And I and I, and I and
2: do you want to really help us or not? Because honestly, the you question. would really help us if you would,
1: if you he would had, get, he's, uh, a and he's a smart guy. He's a smart guy. He could be effective. He mm-hmm. does deal well with people. Mm-hmm. I liked when he went after the press mm-hmm. and he said, "What the fuck's up with you people?" Yeah, I was, I, I was like, yeah, that that needed to be said. Yeah, but at the same time. Sometimes I feel like, you know, when I asked him, I said, do you think that asking for war reparations from the Civil War and taking away people's guns is going to win you the voters that don't like Trump that voted for him last time? And he goes, well, I'm going to do what's right. And I said, well, I thought you wanted to be president. <laughs> right, right. You can do what's right after you get to be president. Yeah, but you have to be president. But president.
2: It, it's it's just, it was it's just staggering to me because um, if you want to be a public servant, there are many ways you can be an extremely effective public servant. And I
1: think that's the point. Yeah, that was to, in your, what you're saying is to and my boy, point. And boy,
2: is he positioned to, to do just that. You he know? could if he if he. Yeah. And let me just say something else that's going to get uh, me. And I'll, I'll, you'll be in trouble just for collateral damage because I'm in an uh. algorithm of every bot. <laughs> yeah. firm. So I'm just telling you right now, I'm old school algorithms like, yeah. I'm on, like, Pac-Man algorithm. I've mean, been coming I'm up I'm on a slide rule, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I'm on sidekick. I mean, I'm on a burner phone algorithm. Go but, for it. <laughs> but no, I was just going to say that um, I, you know, the, I honestly thought what Julia Castro did uh, with Joe Biden was very important, and I'll tell you why. All the Dems didn't like it because they felt he beat up on Uncle Joe. Mm-hmm. And what I always picture is that moment in the debates where Trump was coming behind uh, Hillary Clinton, like he was going to aimly rape her, and I and I'm not I'm not even saying that, it was that when you're and a puffing. woman. Yeah, let me tell you something. As a 59 year old woman, I know that feeling of when a dude is coming behind you and he's a big dude, and whether he's the president or you know whatever, and he's it's, sniffing it's, and, it's, and and it's a feeling of like I'm just telling you, every woman knows that feeling. And so what I think of is instead of like oh can't we all get along and yes that's great and Uncle Joe is great, but I think you know what that's what we metal. need because I I think. Imagine Trump creeping up on Julian Castro. Then now he has proven that if it ever came to Trump and Hillary and Castro, at least we know that one thing. He would not be able to get away with the nonsense of having like the you know, Clinton accusers come up and Bannon sets up a press conference prior to that and stuff. Right. And I always ask my friends who, didn't, who were mad at Castro, I say, just remember that moment. Remember, it's going to be a two-person debate at some point. And you need someone, because he's going to creep up on whoever it is again. As you know, he never he tries did. to intimidate You them. need someone, and I, I think Kamala Harris has a shiv. And I think that's,
1: you know, I don't think he wants to creep up on. That's Kendall what I'm Harris. saying is, I, in I, my humble
2: I, opinion, Warren Harris, even be with, hear me out, Booker or Castro. I you met Booker. He like football yeah. at Stanford, I think. And I'm just saying one of the things I'm looking at as a voter is I'm looking at that moment because he is going to go up to whoever that person is, whether it's Bernie or Biden or Elizabeth Warren or you know whoever anyone. And I'm honestly thinking ahead to. Who's the person that's going to do what you know Hillary wished she could have done? Just turn around and say done. get the fuck away from me. <laughs> I am this I was a Secretary of State of the United States. What have she you ever done? She would have won the election if she I know, had done that. I know, I know. And campaigned in Michigan. I know. But, so I'm just saying I have a little bit of a different gauge. You know, and I and well, I'm going to be gauge. honest, I I don't I I don't see Joe Biden handling that moment. I'm sorry. I don't see Bernie handling that moment. I, I don't either. I, but I do see a certain spark in a few of our of, of folks that are running that would turn around and and give it to him, turn I, around and and when you know do the Jan Brewer to Obama yeah. on the tarmac right in his face. Oh, I, I wish my, it was me. I'd love to. My that. biggest my concern is, is st- his <laughs> weird red bow tie covering his tiny mushroom cock.
1: What Stormy
2: told me, I had a whole conversation. And she told me it was the worst cock she's ever seen. She's seen one hundred eighty thousand cocks.
1: That's a lot of cocks.
2: It's a lot. Well, she's a pro. Yeah.
1: She's a professional. She knows what she's doing she, She's a professional She is not feckless <laughs> She's not she feckless She's a professional Nor fuckless uh, No She's a
2: pro Wall wall
1: <laughs> I, I'd ask I almost, I'm scared to ask Oh boy This <laughs> was my is... family portion of the show <laughs> yeah. Thank
2: you Thank you and at this
1: point in time The seven year olds might want to tune in <laughs> <laughs> Um Eminem Yes. That, had, that had to surprise you.
2: I was in an Eminem video. Mar- Marshall Mathers, as I call him. I was in the Real Slim Shady video. Um, and yes, yeah, so uh, I thought it was actually interesting that Eminem revealed that the Secret Service did come to his house. And um, that video was great, and I thought it was very powerful. And, you know, I think he's obviously... Um, also, someone that is in the perfect position to do that—that that was nothing but. Not only was it, it was civil disobedience, but it was very much on brand for certainly what a rapper would do. Yeah. But even in the music industry, and also he's known for being edgy, mm-hmm. and his entire reputation is being edgy. He's not a Christian rapper, and uh, also I, my, my that good
1: seems like a contradiction in terms. Yeah, like I know that's...
2: Christian. No, there is such a thing. I know. <laughs> yeah, I know. And by the way, they probably can buy and sell them, and is that's so the scary good, part. Should, you
1: know, I know. I, I know. It's like hurry. Christian
2: comics. I'm like, oh, yeah. what a riot.
1: Yeah. Um,
2: so anyway, bones um, and
1: fishes. What a what a punchline!
2: Oh, I tell you, what's what's up with the um, what's up with that? No, but um, uh,
1: I think you went Seinfeld on me. Ladies, there, are right? you with
2: me? Guys, take a breather. Um, no, but the, when I and then it was my good just friend, a joke. When my good friend Bette Midler called me and she said, uh, you know, she did a tweet that Trump. I love her tweeted. I love her. Of course, she's fearless and she doesn't give a shit. Why should she? And she's been in the game forever. and right. She knows the deal and. And, um, you know, and she called me and because I'm now the patron saint of celebrities who get, who get Trump tweeted. So they all call me. And, uh, I said, how you doing? And she said, oh my God, oh my God. You know, and, and and she couldn't believe her timeline just flooded with bots, flooded with bots. And, um, you know, and, and so I said, I said, please tell me, please tell me you didn't get a call from the secret service, not you. And she goes, oh, three times. And I said, oh, okay. And then I said, okay, please tell me they didn't come to your house. And she said, no. I said, okay, that's good. And I, um, I talked to the late, great Peter Fonda right after his uh, tweet. And I called him up. And the great thing about Peter Fonda was I, I, didn't, I didn't know him as well as I would have liked to. But every time I ran into him and spent time with him, he really, he really was the guy from Easy Rider. Yes. And so like one time um, I was at a, an event and we were at a table with, uh, I, I call him the new John Voigt. Oh. yeah, and so so I'm standing. I'm sitting next to Peter, the new John, the new John. John. So welcome to Hollywood, right? So there I am, and uh, I was waiting for Jimmy Woods to walk up and shoot me. So, but um, <laughs> well, it wasn't there. By the way, I always thought he was a great actor. By the way, I was gonna yes. of great with him. Yeah. But now I don't know what's happened. So anyway, um, it's the Adderall. He even met my mom one time, you know. But anyway, he met so, your mother. I met my mom one time. Yeah. And your mother like him? Yes. <laughs> he was a great actor, an amazing actor. So anyway. Uh, <laughs> So, uh anyway, uh, I'm sitting there next to Peter is there a
1: coffee shop across the street from where you live. I wish my mom would have loved it yeah,
2: and so uh and so Peter is going like yeah I said i I couldn't resist right I go peter, what's it what's it like for you to be like sitting across from John I go, you know Jane Jane actually attended the event as well Jane Fonda, and I said you know, I and and John just John Voigt, the great John Voigt, I think he's just you know, Coming Home was an amazing movie right. and of course uh, was the one
0: of I course know. so yeah. a great
2: actor. And it was so bizarre because I'm watching these two legends and John Voigt is just not looking at Peter like he doesn't even know him. And then I just said to Peter, you know, what's this like for you? And he's like, man, you know, you really—he talks like that. He calls me mm-hmm. man. He's like, man, it's like so weird, man. Like, how does that dude make coming home? And then how is he like this new dude now? And i just like, <laughs> I know, I get it. I said, look, for you, it's John Voight. For me, it's you know, my cousins in Illinois. One of my cousins went on the Glenbeck Beck tour of Israel.
1: Oh Lord,
2: Brian, what is that? What is the gun back to her That well? sounds like you
1: took the wrong acid at Woodstock.
2: How can I talk to her? I How can I talk? To... Oh, she also thinks I'm an ISIS. And I told her I only work at the gift shop, and that did, that did not, oh, help.
1: He didn't. It did not
2: help. But yeah, it's it was.
1: And during Ramadan, that's sure. I'll go with that. Yeah. sure.
2: So, uh, well, you yes. know, they need a break. So, so, so anyway, I, I did reach out to the great Peter Fonda before he passed away, and he had done, he had gotten the Trump tweet. And I said, you know, hey, here, here was my First Amendment attorney's information if you need it and all this stuff. And we talked on the phone. And he was like, no, man, it wasn't that big of a deal. He goes, they call me, man. We talked for like 10 minutes and then everything was like cool. So while I was extremely relieved to hear that, um, I do, it did sort of further my, uh, what I had suspected that they had never gone as far with anyone as they did with me to this day. And so um, I have to admit, when that, um, you know, you can call it the Kingsman video. I call it the, the Trump church mass shooting murder video. Yeah Where the grand right. finale is Hillary Clinton and I getting murdered by Trump. Um, that idea that that was going around for a year and three months and I didn't know about it. And then that it showed up at Doral and as if, you know, they, the whole crowd didn't and know they about it. And, well, I'm sure Trump signed yeah, off on it and maybe I'm sure he you know, did. I'm sure the Super PAC paid for it and who knows how that money was raised at what fundraiser of the peninsula that he headlined
1: before we go to our last break i have to ask you the one the, the seinfeld story well you were i put off? him on the map yeah. all right
2: let's start there <laughs> jerry seinfeld owes me career i made him and i can break him damn
0: it
1: so.
2: <laughs> i asked seinfeld one time i go how much money do you have seriously just give me a ballpark And he goes i'm comfortable yeah. Okay. Oh my God, that's, that's more that's than typical. Oprah. Yeah. That's more than Oprah money. Yeah, that's oh, oh, that's infinite. Yeah, infinite. He has infinite dollars. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, so Seinfeld. So it was you're on of, Seinfeld. I'm on Seinfeld, and uh, one of my first TV gigs. And I'd been just struggling for so many years doing everybody's free student film, everybody's free play, everybody's all this stuff. And I finally, in one year, I landed five, um, ironically, NBC guest spots in one year, which is such a big deal because i have been spending, you know, all these years telling everyone I was an actress, and they'd say, "Well, I don't see you anything." <laughs> right. So one year, I did, you know, like Seinfeld, Ellen, ER, Mad About You. Uh, you know, uh, so it was great. So anyway, um, I, I do the episode of Seinfeld and I'm a nervous wreck and they actually were having the table read on a Sunday, which is unusual, but they were up for a golden globe. So they were having it early so they could all go to the golden globes. And, um, I went in and I was, uh, going to a party as I lovingly say with my gaze, and I don't mean to be rude using the possessive, but I say that because I've been around so long that, um. Uh, when I started hanging with the community, the word wasn't gay, unfortunately. It was a different word. So gay is a graduation up from homosexual, up from what it was before. So anyway, uh, I was going to a gay award show watching party, which I've done many times in some, you know, apartment in the Valley, you know, I didn't have any money or anything. And um, I just thought it would make this party. If I could just walk in there, a total nobody, like one of my first TV gigs with like a little note from like an actual nominee. So, you know, we did the table read and it was obviously very intimidating to be there with all these big stars and stuff. And so I had like some scenes with him and afterwards I went up to him and I said, Hey, would you mind literally writing on a cocktail napkin? You know, like have fun watching the party tonight. Love Jerry or something like that. And he said, no. And so, uh. I, That's not I, how he said it, though. Uh, he, 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 yeah, he basically said, you know, it, it was just funny. So the day was like awkward. <laughs> and of course, you know, my nature is now known by really people globally, frankly. I will say the picture made me global. And so, of course, I had to keep pushing him. And it's, it's so easy to get his, get his goat, as my mother would say, because, you know, he's so famous and he's sort of untouchable. And um, he was really an asshole. And so <laughs> I had an amazing time doing the show. And, um, he was kind of an asshole all week. And, uh, but it was, it was, it was still an amazing experience to watch. And, um, I then got my very first HBO special called, uh, comedy half hour. And I put that story in there and I thought I'm never going to see Jerry Seinfeld again as long as I live. And, uh, sure enough, I get cast on a show called suddenly Susan and the show following it was a show called Seinfeld. So I then called Larry David, who was my buddy at the time. And I said, Oh shit.
0: I said, said, I James just got,
2: really, and yeah. I said, I just got cast on a show that's, it, we hit the jackpot because we're the lead in for your show, or it was following Seinfeld, I forgot, but I think we might have been between Seinfeld and ER, which was absolutely the jackpot right. jackpot for a show with Brooke Shields, I mean, let's cut the shit,
0: yeah. I got lucky, <laughs> really
2: lucky, you know, and so um, I said, I'm, I'm so nervous, I go, I have this special airing, and you know, I did. I'm used to celebrities like not seeing the shit I say about them. And Larry says, "Oh, he'll never see it." He has, he, he, what, what are you nuts? You think he cares about you? he they'll never see it. And so, of you do course, a good Larry David. Yeah. I, well, yeah. And, um, and or is so, it a Bernie
1: Sanders? I, <laughs>
2: I, that's right. It was one of the same backpack. And so um, it was. It was really an interesting thing. So the special comes out. And I got a call from my then small agency and they said, you have a letter here and a package from Jerry Seinfeld. I think I had instant diarrhea. I was so terrified because I thought (laughs) I'm fired from the world. Like I'm not just fired from show business. I'm fired from the world. And so it was, he wrote me the funniest note that of course I have framed and it was like, Dear Miss Griffin, and it was so sarcastic and funny. Like, apparently you have some sort of a comedy special. I hope it gets viewers. Now I have an internationally beloved sitcom, of course. And apparently you and I uh, met, and I cannot seem to recall. But you know, and the whole, but it was just so brilliant and so funny. And he sent me a box of snack wells. Remember those cookies? Yes, yes. You know, something like, here's something to snack on while you ponder this letter. It was just silly and funny. I will say, it lulled me into thinking that a listers have a sense of humor about themselves, and I have to say, he was like the last a lister to immediately go, "Oh, she's kidding. It's harmless." Yeah, I, I'm not kidding. Like I have never had that response since Jerry Seinfeld, like a really big household name, immediately going, "You're kidding. It's a joke." Right, I get it. and so then.
1: Including Trump,
2: it was, Trump. A, it was oh, of course. It yeah. was such an honor. They actually wrote an episode for me where my character, for no reason, becomes a stand-up comic who makes her living making fun of Jerry Seinfeld. I remember so that episode. It was huh? it was fantastic. So I go back. And it was the week he was on the cover of Time and he announced he was leaving the show. So it was a really big week to be there. And I walk in and I had done Suddenly Susan during the day and they were so kind. They let me rehearse at night and they stayed late. And I walk in and Jerry's sitting in the diner set and the sound stage is is dark because it's like six o'clock. And I just hear he's giving me the slow clap. Well, well, well. <laughs> look who's back. Look who thinks she's a big TV star now that can make fun of Jerry Seinfeld. And then he starts ripping into Suddenly Susan. And he's going, so what's the uh, what's the plot line on Suddenly Susan this week? And I'm like, look, Jerry, let's let bygones be gone. bygones, okay? And then, and then Larry David would always torture me and he would call me every Friday on taping day. And he'd go, what's the storyline this week? And I'd go, Larry, I don't, Look, it's a it's a good gig. All right. Brooke <laughs> Shields is nice. Don't start with me. You go, No, no, come on. I'm not gonna make funny. I go, I don't trust you. No. So he would get me to say in the story I go, okay.
1: And then he made fun this of
2: it. week Susan goes on a camping trip and we find she has an evil twin. No, get off that show. Get off that show. It's terrible. It's terrible. And I would, you know, so I would say, I can't get off the show. I'm so lucky to have this job. So I was, I was so honestly honored to not only go and do Seinfeld and have him show he had a sense of humor about it, but it was really cute because I did an episode of Conan where I brought the letter. I told the story and Jerry for, I think, Like, the entire last season of the show, as part of the audience warm-up, would show the clip from me on Conan saying he's an asshole. (laughs) And Jerry, like, thought it was funny. (laughs) And and I I was like, oh, thank you for having a sense of humor. Because I punch up. I punch up. Jerry Seinfeld seems to be doing okay, as he said. Comfortable. Yeah, he's comfortable.
1: comfortable. So you think if
2: Jerry Seinfeld can just be happy and go, I'm Jerry Seinfeld. I'm going to let the little He's crazy redhead make her jokes. Yeah. Let the little crazy redhead tour, let her make a living. But no, the orange dumbass with the nest on his head can't do
1: it. <laughs> <I'm sorry. laughs> Suddenly Susan was on from when to win. 96
2: to 2000. Then I got my own show on MTV called Kathy's so-called reality show. Then I think I started my life on the D-list for six years. Then I did, uh,
1: Gosh, I've I've done,
2: I'm in the Guinness Book of World Records. I've written and produced more stand-up televised comedy specials than any comic, male or female, living or
1: dead. We're going to go take a last break, but I'll leave you this. I was interviewing someone in prison for America's Most Wanted. I played prisons. (laughs) Well, Rough
2: crowd, but they don't leave.
1: Captive. Captive. They're they're a captive audience. That's right. Not one walkout. I didn't (laughs) have one walkout. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. So... I'm interviewing this guy. now in the pods in prison. They have uh, TVs up on the yeah. wall, and and suddenly Susan would be on. And I, there were many people that were fond of Brooke Shields. Brooke Shields. Yes,
2: and her early work, as I like to yeah. say. Yeah,
1: and <laughs> like the you know, Blue, Blue Lagoon. Lagoon. Of course, yeah. But there was one guy, a oh, very large guy. Okay. And every time you came on screen, mm-hmm. it was.
2: <laughs> Wait, was that Big Bubba?
1: Because
2: I got letters for a while from a gentleman named Big Bubba, Big Bubba. and I would read them in my acts because they were filled with love and also some threats. But it was a loving threat.
1: Well, he was, and so it turned, he was the guy I had to interview. He was a, a, a serial bank robber.
2: Well, you rush to judgment. I
1: mean, <laughs> you
2: know, so they say.
1: So they,
2: yeah, he, he was happened convicted. to be. He was taking the fall for someone else. But if he's a fan of mine, I'm going to the mat for him. He was (laughs) was Wrongly convicted, innocent, feminist.
1: Feminist. uh, He was gay. Oh, Oh. heaven. (laughs) There you go. I think he went through the the change. Anyway, (laughs) we'll, we'll be right back after this. thanks and some final thoughts Kathy, I re- look first I appreciate you doing this a lot my of fun. pleasure my been pleasure a lot of fun. but one thing I like to do is to for young people coming up mm-hmm. in whatever profession you've been successful in yours and obviously by continuing to do what you do but what advice would you give to someone coming up today especially a young woman
2: I would say first of all you have to really love it you know I've had young people come up to me and say um, hey how do I get five minutes together so I can go on a, a comedy stage and get a pilot And I go,
0: oh, (laughs) oh, oh, if only it worked that way. If only it worked that way. And so
2: I, I believe in rigorous honesty when it comes to that, especially when I'm talking to women. I always say, look, call your local comedy club. Because, you know, when I, you know, I can't tour at the moment, but nor- typically I tour, of course, every year. And I do uh, the local radio. I call it pee Coco in the morning. Hey, mm. we're here with pee Coco in the morning. <laughs> we got a lady comedian. How about that? She's a lady who tells jokes. I know. Outrageous. <laughs> Anyways. Right so, after this the latest news What's flash. that about? You know? And so I've had more morning DJs say, you know, what are you talking about? There's no uh, sexism in stand-up comedy anymore. And I always just say the same thing. I go, fine, call your local comedy club and give me the ratio. It's going to be ten to one. So I'm honest. I say, look, there has not been a lot of progress in my personal field, but also I think whenever you want to do something that's typically a male-driven field, like I said, just know you're going to go up against these guys, and you have to learn two things. You have to learn how to speak their language, which is something I hope we um, you know sort of graduate from eventually. But you also have to learn how to assert yourself in a way that you just have your your stuff so tight. For example, taking on this you know this Trump battle, having the uh, the receipts, as the kids say. Um, knowing the First Amendment so well, wall-to-wall, getting, you know, I was Lisa Bloomed at first. She represented me for two days, and shes I, I cannot stand her. I think she is a horrible, horrible person. I, I have no, you know, horrible story. So anyway. Well,
1: here's your chance to put in a plug for somebody you didn't.
2: Alan Isaacman. Alan Isaacman was my First Amendment attorney. Ted Boutros is Ted great. Ted Boutros. Let's Mike Greigel at Greenberg is great. Um, and there's, well, I love Ted. Yeah.
1: He, he represents me Ted well.
2: Boutros is, is fantastic, and... He was uh, very wonderful to me because when I was making the documentary portion of my film, Kathy Griffin, a hell of a story available now, wherever you get movies. Um, it, he, <laughs> Go ahead, um, plug it again. He, <laughs> Kathy Griffin, <laughs> hell of a story, Amazon, Apple, it's in 40 countries outside the US. And as of December 2nd, it'll be on Amazon Prime streaming in 62 countries outside the US, but you can rent it or, or own it right now if you want to uh, on the normal platforms. Uh, so I, I sort of cold called Ted and I said, "Look, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm the comedian Kathy Griffin." And he said, "Yes, I know you are." And I said, <laughs> "I said, if you don't mind, I said, would you allow me to pick your brain for an hour? Because I, I, I don't want to make an incorrect statement by saying my story is historic. In that, never before has uh, the president and the Department of Justice gone uh, at the federal level to decimate a private citizen, much less a female comedian." And so he was kind enough to do the research, and he said, "Yes, your story is historic." Um, Lenny Bruce's issues were with the local PD. Jane Fonda's issues were with the local PD, but never in the history has the president, I mean, Nixon had the enemies list, which was under the radar, um, but- Well, until they
1: added it. <laughs> until they made it public, thank yeah. God,
2: but never has the president you know, uh, gone for, like they said, making a private citizen unemployable and uninsurable. And then involving the Department of Justice, and then opening a, a legitimate investigation without any kind of a call or questioning or anything by not one but two federal agencies. And so he was really helpful, and I, I just needed to obviously know what I was talking about. And I talked to several First Amendment attorneys, but it was just Were you a frightened really, by that,
1: huh? Were you frightened by that when that came down?
2: Uh, yeah, of course, because it's it, it's kind of like the um, church mass shooting video. It's it's not that I think Donald Trump is going to come over here and blow my head off. It's that, you know, I, I know that Cesar Sayak, the pipe bomber, I was on his list and his sublist. And I know that because that's what the FBI told me. And I know that that's actually still an ongoing investigation. So whoever he shared it with, they're still looking into, et cetera. They're also still questioning Cesar Sayak. And so, um, uh, no, he's been sentence. I, I actually think he was a yeah. sentence. But um, no, it's it's the folks that um, you know uh, have been indoctrinated, and that's how I really think of it. And it's you know it's ironic, and this is definitely going to be out there. I would honestly liken the indoctrination of the extreme Trumpers to the indoctrination of ISIS. And there was a piece in the Daily Beast a few years ago, and I'm sorry, I don't remember the author, but. It was an amazing piece about how ISIS was able to indoctrinate someone in three weeks, entirely three weeks. And just the, you know, watching the videos over and over and, and finding the right type of person. And I'm reading the Christopher Wiley book now, Mindfucked, and how they were so effective at finding the type of people that could be. Uh, buying into the QAnon conspiracy theories and thinking oh. that I'm a member of ISIS and thinking that you're the... Are you the deep state or the fake... I, I can't I'm remember. I'm
1: the fake media deep state enemy of the people yeah. uh, employed by George Soros. Oh, are you a hoaxer,
2: I Oh, you. George Soros, yeah. yes. Yeah. George Soros. I, if you think George Soros could pick me out of a lineup, I love that part. I, I,
1: I'm I'm just waiting for the check. I don't know about right? you. Oh, <laughs> that's
2: right. I forgot when I started Have hearing you the, got your George oh, Soros I love money? Oh, go, and how much did George, George Soros pay, pay you? to tweet right. that? I'm like... Yeah. <laughs> Honey. I, I every time he I get fired I have you got a ten dollar separate exactly. Yeah. And so um, so that's that's one of the things that I think that we all need to be aware of because you know, let's face it. It's like climate change. It's all around you. You can act like you don't want to believe in it, but it's all around you. And I'm sorry, but everyone listening to this has a relative who believes some of that crazy ass shit. They believe Hillary Clinton is running a sex ring, whether it's in a non-existent basement of a pizza parlor. I remember that. Yeah. But um, at uh, the event where I saw you two nights ago, I think I told you as I was walking in, a woman was waiting for me. And she said, you eat babies in a basement with Hillary Clinton. And this is a woman who- With clearly, or without chocolate or vanilla. I mean, and so this woman somehow heard I was gonna be there. And this is, think about it. A woman- And had to make the got conscious in effort. in the car, drove to, to the yes. hotel, stand there, wait for me. She was completely alone. It's not like she had a big group of uh, bikers protecting her and stand there and wait for the opportunity to say to me, you eat babies with Hillary Clinton in a basement. And the bad thing is I'm so used to this shit now that I was just like, have a good night. Like I just, how, <laughs> what, there's no What, response what else can that. you do? Yeah. Right. I, I,
1: I'm with you. You I, have to
2: sort of be the green shirt guy, remember who just kept laughing yeah. at the protesters. But uh, mm-hmm. it is, it is, uh, it, that's one of the, the things that I, I really do struggle with even just trying to understand is how can you be indoctrinated that quickly and that easily?
1: Well, I I don't know, but it once you are, everything is twisted through that lens, and no matter what is said, comes back to that. Right. And it's it's disturbing because there is where it, wherein you lose your sense of humor. Yeah. You lose your ability to laugh at yourself.
2: They're like Scientologists.
1: Yes. Well, oh, yeah. Are you clear? Right. Yeah. right, right, yeah. right. Uh, I've been clear for years. How about you? Yeah. yeah,
2: and you have to tell the party line 100%. Yeah. If you're in for dollar, you're in for dime. I mean, once you're in, you're yeah. in for QAnon and you're in for, you and know, all the Reddit and the 4chan and 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 all news goes bye-bye because you think Facebook is news that your cousin printed, which is a new, manipulated photo and all this other stuff.
1: Or that Abraham Lincoln started the internet. That's one of the ones that I love. What? Uh, yeah. You haven't heard that one? I have hey, not. Yeah. For him, Lincoln started the did internet. He just,
2: did he put it in a um, server? <laughs> like a secret server well, and then wait for Al Gore to discover it? Yeah. How did that
1: go? <laughs> Some guy in w- a DeLorean came back. I don't know. There was okay. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? I know. Uh, but yeah, none of it makes any damn sense. But mm-hmm. it's uh, but the one thing I find is that you do have to keep your sense of humor about you. Or yeah. you're going to just laugh or cry. We'll be here all week. Try the veal
2: absolutely and i will say personally and i'm sure you've experienced this as well because i've seen it on tape honestly (laughs) one of the things you you, one of the things that does disarm these people is when i come back at them with the zinger oh yeah they they honestly kind of freeze i mean the last time i saw donald trump was when i did that that gig at bedminster where i roasted him and as i was walking toward him he said in front of all of his bros you know and he's there with the pleated dockers and the, you know, the hat and all. I mean, it wasn't a MAGA hat, it was a golf hat or whatever, but, and he's there and, and he was doing the, you know, the two fingers, like a, almost like a, a cross, like a Bernie at the cross. And I'm walking to him and he's going, oh, here she comes. Don't be too hard on me. Come on. Don't be too brutal about the hair. Okay. Like every bully. And I go, girl, you'll be fine. i saw my hand to god i said girl you'll be fine and he had no reaction because as you know he just doesn't listen so my i mean there have been times when and i talked about this um on my tour it didn't it didn't make the film but um when i was taking a photograph with him that day my hand to god i wanted to touch the nest and i stood next (laughs) to him and you can see the photo online it's myself liza minnelli and some like playmates or whatever. And I'm smiling, but there were there was a moment where I thought i have known this gear for a while, I have to see. And all my friends want to know if it's real. And so I reached up and I, I poked into the nest and he didn't even feel it, which I thought was hysterical because it was like mannequin hair. Like it was so aquanetted out of its mind. Clearly yes. illegal legal aquanet from Mexico, by the way. There's no wall. Yeah. anyway, and then I actually did it Well, again. that's what they build the
1: wall out of, aquanet and it his clear, hair. His hair. <laughs> yeah, and
2: I did it for a second time. And I honestly did it because I thought, First, it'd be funny to get a rise out of him, like, "Hey, what are you doing?" He didn't feel it. He just didn't even. He has feel that,
1: it. and it. I, it's it a, I call
2: it the structure. Yeah. It's got a cantilevered roof. Yeah. So it's a little Frank Lloyd Wright. And um, I love when he's. Uh, oh, I I'll show when... you
1: a picture. I mean, it stands. I, I mean, it is stiff. But in the in wind, though, it
2: does rise like a roof in a hurricane. Yeah, if you. It's well, a little
1: bit of a metal right. roof yeah.
2: during a hurricane. Yeah. You know, if
1: if the breeze comes from behind him, then it just stays pointed. Yeah. If it comes if it after, airborne, it Wavers a little bit. It becomes airborne, and the side wings kind of take yes. off. Then he looks like Sister Betrail from you know the Flying Nun. That's right. <laughs> That's
2: right. And I think
1: he's going to take off and take flight.
2: Exactly. And I, by the way, I would vote for her over him. Yeah. I would vote. Put Sister on the, on the ballot. I'll Sally Field? Her. Love her. President. Yeah. 2020. Yeah. Field 2020. I'll take it. Field Kardashian. 2020. Yeah. I'm fine. Improvement. Big improvement.
1: ABT. Anybody but I
2: mean the baby Kardashian. Oh, yeah. oh about him. yeah. Kim. yes one of the new babies to be better as president. Well,
1: listen, Candy, I appreciate you uh, doing this. It, it's it's been a lot of fun. It's been my pleasure, and I'm glad
2: we have uh, something in common. <laughs> you know, we're both dodging Trump bullets. <laughs> that's <laughs> right. But firing back.
1: Yeah, that's right. Well, back. you got to fire back. That's right. <laughs> so the name of the show is Just Asked the Question. Thanks for joining us. I'm Brian Karam. Catch you next time.